Amen. Have a seat. Happy 4th of July. It's incredible to see you guys. Uh, you are here on a holiday weekend. You're the spiritual ones, the committed ones. Way to go, man. Wasn't that worship incredible? Man, thank you, God, for what you're doing. Again, it is, it is so uh, great to be with you. You know, when we think about the 4th of July, we think about the birth of our nation. We think about the freedom that was bought by the sacrifice of so many that came before us. And it always leads me to re remember the sacrifice on a cross 2,000 years ago. In America, we're free physically. But what Jesus did set us free spiritually, relationally, emotionally, and in every way. Come on, give him, a, give him praise. I don't know about you, but I'm so grateful that those first followers of Jesus were willing to sacrifice their careers, their family, their lives to share what they had seen, to tell the story of what they saw. They created ripples that literally crossed every continent, across every ocean, across 2,000 years, and that ripple made its way to a hospital bed in Chattanooga, Tennessee, where I'd overdosed and was wasted and worthless. I had no hope for the future. There was nothing left in me, and that ripple of hope just kept running. The gospel that hit me, that transformed me. I'm thrilled that those early disciples, those regular, ho-hum, average, everyday people didn't see sharing the story of Jesus as too big, too inconvenient, or too dangerous. I thank God they told their family, their friends, their communities, they even told their enemies. And so it's incredible the legacy that we have of the hope that is found in Jesus. Because we live in a world that needs hope, don't we? I mean, man, it needs it. Hope for joy in the midst of storms and struggles. Hope for forgiveness when we have stepped all up into some stupid. Hope for grace and mercy. Hope for healing when the doctor says, there's nothing else I can do. Hope for tomorrow. Hope for eternity. Hope from real problems and pain and death and destruction. Man, God's hope is always there. And it's our job to keep those ripples that started 2,000 years ago that have continued the last 23 years of Faith Promise Church. We are called to be a community that helps real people that have real problems experience the real love and hope of God in the midst of that to the world around us. So we're in a series called I Am Faith Promise. And if you are, if you're a promiser, if you're a part, then God has called you to, uh, to the six values. And the fifth value that we're talking about this weekend is we tell them of him. And once you are caught by Christ, when you're born again, you immediately begin to have a desire to share. It's part of your new DNA. Jesus said, man, come and follow me and I'll make you to be fishers of men. And we're committed to that at Faith Promise. That's why I say I am Faith Promise. It's about telling them him. So we get crazy about that. We do stuff that most churches won't do. We do stuff to get most preachers fired. Like bring, Chris, bring Santa Claus in to the house of God as we did in Christmas Spectacular. And folks were mad about it and they didn't come. But you know what? 2,066 people that we told of him gave their heart to Jesus on Christmas Spectacular. So we're crazy. We're radical about it. We make no apologies about it. We have two campuses that are in prisons. We're doing at the movies every year. Listen, we don't do that for you. If it was just for you, we'd do preaching and singing. 
which is what we do about 48 weekends of the year. We just keep doing that because that's why you come. But we do stuff for you to bring people far from God. And when you come and this campus is decorated like the greatest showman of the Black Panther or Jumanji, you'll walk by and say, yeah, that's cool. But people that haven't been in church ever in the last 10 or 15 years that come with you for the first time, they're going to say, oh, man, can y'all do that? Is that legal? Because I used to go to church and they told us we couldn't do anything. Y'all remember that church? They told us we couldn't and no, we can. And we'd, so we don't. Well, we do here. And so we do that so you can bring people that are far from God. Well, this summer, we are working our way through our six core values. So if you're new or you're checking us out, maybe you're online at one of our campuses this weekend, go online, man, when you're exercising or whatever, and download. Or it's all free. Go to the podcast. Sign up for the podcast. But go and watch all six of the messages or the five that you may not have seen, and you will understand what we do and why we do it. Because everyone that's listening, whether online or some type of media, or you're with us live, we all want hope. Because we see division and death and divorce and pain and struggles all around us, don't we? And we see that, and, and man, there's some people here this weekend that are experiencing that, real problems. And man, you need some real hope in the midst of that. Well, Jesus is the eternal heavyweight dispenser of hope. I don't care how bad it looks. I don't care how difficult it looks. I don't care how deep the hole goes. I don't care how bad you've messed up or someone messed you up. Jesus can overcome. He can save you. He can heal you. He can give you hope where there is no hope. When the world is caving in all around you, you can have a table before you in the presence of your enemies. Though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you can fear no evil and you can walk in joy by the power of Jesus. So we all see things out there, people's lives that are broken, and we wish, I wish I could do something about that. I wish somebody could do something about that. If you're a believer, if you're a follower of Jesus, not only can you do something about it, but you are called to do something about it. It is part of your purpose is, is creating ripples, sharing Jesus with people that are far from God. Let me, let me just help you. We live in a culture who says live in the mirror. It's all about you in it. It's all about you getting more, you having more, more fun, more this, more that, more, 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 more. It's all about focusing on you and your pain and your problems. Well, how's that working for us? We're as whacked as we've ever been, aren't we? Whacked and jacked. See, let me give you some, let me give you some help that will minimize your problems. If you'll climb out of the mirror and you'll begin to help other people that are struggling, see, when you take the eyes off your pain, it minimizes your problems. Especially when you put your eyes on other people who are struggling and say, you know what, I'm going to help them right now. I'm going to forget that I'm walking through this and I'm see what they're walking through. Are you with me? See, so when you take your eyes off yourself and you begin to help other people with, with real problems, it minimizes your problems. When you fixate and focus on your pain and problems, it maximizes them. And so not only are you helping other people, but you're helping yourself while you're helping other people. See, being generous, it helps fund the vision, but you become more generous by your generosity, by love, by serving others that we've talked about in this series. We serve others. You know what? When you do that, when you serve other people, it's who you're becoming while you're serving them, but you're also becoming closer to Christ as you're serving. Does this make sense? So when you recognize the calling and the purpose on your life, it elevates you. And so we are called to bring the, the, the ripples of hope to our friends, our families, our communities. 
our teammates, our coworkers, the people that you'll camp next to this summer when you're out there to make ripples of hope. And when we tell people of Jesus, we make ripples of hope. That's what this weekend's all about, getting a part of making ripples of hope. Because can I tell you, the scandalous, reckless, indescribable, incredible grace and mercy of God, when it's shared, it transforms lives. Because it's ridiculous. Come on, somebody. Man, when you get a hold of that. See, religion is about you're worthless, and if you work real hard, you'll get worthy. Following Jesus is about I'm deep in sin. I'm going to follow him. I'm fully, fully forgiven, fully adopted. I'm a son and daughter of God. The power of God is in me, and I have real purpose to live, not just making it day to day. See, when we create ripples of, of love, we are rescuing people from the clutches of themselves and others or the devil who is out to destroy their soul in hell. So how did the ripples begin, and how do we keep those ripples going? Well, if you've got a copy of the Bible, turn to Acts chapter 1. It's you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and then Acts. So you've got the four Gospels and then, then the Acts. Go ahead and turn there, because the book of Acts is a sequel to the book of Luke. Luke was a Gentile. Luke was a doctor, traveled with the apostle Paul. And so Luke writes the gospel, and then he turns around and gets all the information, and he watches, he's watching this, the expansion, these ripples of hope, and he writes a book for us called The Book of Acts. And he's writing to a friend of his who does not know Jesus, but he's going to tell people what he has seen and what he has heard. That's really how simple it is to make a ripple. You tell people what you have seen and what you have heard. Spirit of God, would you permeate us, dominate and saturate? Would you move in such a way that you rip out every lie of Lucifer that keeps us from sharing the good news of the gospel? God, would you use every one of us, every promiser to create ripples of hope in a hopeless world? God, would you give us power and purpose like we never managed? We imagine we believe it and we receive it. And in Jesus' name we pray it. All God's people said? So Luke starts his letter like any email or letter that you would send by greeting someone who you're writing it to by name. In Acts chapter 1, verse 1, the first account I composed, Theophilus, about all that Jesus began to do and teach. So he writes this letter to Theophilus. Now, Theophilus could have been a friend. Theophilus means Theo, which is God. Theology, the study of God, philosophy. So, so this guy is a student of things of God. He's trying to figure out what's going on. And so Luke writes this letter and he sends it. Maybe it's to a group of people who are seeking after God. Maybe it's to a friend. But he says, hey, Theo, let me tell you what's going on. Let me tell you everything Jesus did. Sometimes we forget the Bible is written by real people to real people. We think these guys had to be weird, man. They had to live in some kind of cave, be some kind of, you know, some kind of weirdo. No, these were people living real lives who actually, were, who actually were trying to figure out how to communicate Christ to a Christless culture, just like we are. So he writes a book for these people, and he's, he's, he's giving it to them and telling them, so maybe his buddy will come to Jesus, but he writes it to people undecided. You have a Theo in your world probably, maybe one, maybe two, maybe more. People that God has brought into your sphere of influence, your circle, who maybe they hate the church, but they're not sure about Jesus, and who may be wondering, God has put you in their life. God is sending you to them. 
And it is our authority and responsibility of Jesus to go to them. Does that make sense? Matthew, another follower of Jesus, said this, recording Jesus' last words. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you and lo, I'm with you even to the always, even to the end of the age. We've been given the responsibility and the authority to create ripples of hope in people that do not know God. Does that make sense? So everybody, all of us. So now I've got a, a rock right here. If I were to take this rock home after church and drop it off the dock in my house, it would make a splash, and then it would make a ripple that I could watch go all the way across the lake. And so when, when we drop in on people's lives, we are supposed to create ripples. So let me, just, let me help you understand something. It's no accident where you live. God put you where you live because there are neighbors that need some ripples of hope. It's no accident where you work. You may think, no, no, God had nothing to do with the hell hole I work in. You don't understand. No, listen, you don't understand. If you realize that God put you there to be a missionary, to create ripples of hope where you work, can I tell you, you'd be thrilled about going to work. Oh, all right, no way. Well, let me ask you. We all, want to, we all love to go on mission trips, don't we? We go to our campus out in Costa Rica. Brian and Jody lead a, a, a trip down there. We've we got all these trips. When you go on a mission trip, you're fired up by getting up. Whoa, man, Lord, God, today is going to be awesome. I'm going to witness the day. God, open up the door, let the fire fall. We will see miracles. Whoa, then we come home saying, dear God, is it morning? I hate my job. I hate my boss. I hate the people I work with. What if you got up every morning like you were on a mission trip? Whoa, God's fired up this morning. I'm going, God, I'm going to create a ripple today. Matter of fact, I'm going to get there early and get to the, get to the coffee pot. Just see if you'll open up a door. Man, listen, you, that, that coach, that co your kid's soccer coach that couldn't kick a ball if you paid him a million dollars, that you're so mad because Junior's going to obviously go to the World Cup. I mean, Junior can't even walk and chew gum but you believe he's going to be a World Cup player. He's not. Because, see, the reason he got that coach was not for your kid, but for you to create a ripple of hope in that coach. So instead of looking at why does God bring these people that suck into my life, how come I'm running all these losers? Say, you know what, Lord, today's a mission field. Today I'm going to make a ripple of hope in somebody. So open my eyes to everybody you want me to talk to today. Would your life be better if you did that? That's two of you. Would the rest of it? Come on, somebody. I mean, you better believe it would. See, when we tell them of him, we make ripples of spiritual revolution. It's a revolution because, see, revolution is a takeover. And the devil is taken out. And you're taken off as the throne of your heart. And Jesus is installed as the new king and the new regime. It is a spiritual revolution. And all of us are called to make ripples that will ripple into people's life of hope. And they'll turn to Jesus and there'll be another spiritual revolution. Are y'all with me? That's what we do. You can watch the news for five minutes. You can get online for five minutes. You can get on Facebook for five minutes. And you will see that we live in a world drowning in hopelessness drowning in the need of hope and vision. They're just desperately drifting one day to the next. Are you with me? 
They're looking for joy, they're looking for hope, but they're looking for love in all the wrong places, looking for love in too many faces. See, because they don't know Jesus. So <laughs> it's the last one of the weekend. It's the last one, bear with me. Punch drunk. So what do we do? We turn to other things because we don't know Jesus. We turn to, we turn to, to politics, we turn to careers, we turn to pleasure. See, if politics had the power you need, you wouldn't keep having to have votes. If the career had the power you need, you wouldn't keep having to get a salary. If pleasure had the power you need, you wouldn't have to keep doing it over and over again because it fades. Are you with me? When you understand that you're a missionary, that you're a witness, that it is your, your purpose and passion and the power of God in you to be that witness, are you with me? Then you can rock and roll. So Theo, I got some good news for you. Let me tell you what happened. He goes on in verse four through eight. Gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised, which he said, you have heard from me that John baptized with water, but I will baptize with the, you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit in not many days from now. So when they had come together, they were asking him, saying, Lord, is it at this time that you are restoring the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it's not for you to know the times or epochs, which the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you might be. You should be. You shall be my witnesses. See, here's the problem we don't get. We're all already a witness. Some of you incredible witnesses, and some of you suck <laughs> at being a witness because you have forgotten that you represent Jesus. Are you with me? So when you pass up somebody who's going too slow and you stick your arm out the window and you wave to them, they're number one. Take the stinking FP sticker off your car. Because I get emails. Hey, I had somebody goes, your church, they had FP stickers all over. They flipped me off. I said, they're lost. They're lost. We don't, they're, they're going to hell. Come on. Somebody cut me off. Somebody got me. I get those emails. So if you're going to advertise for Jesus, live like him. Are you with me? Come on. If you're, and so if you're a believer, you're going to be my witness. You're empowered in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, even the uttermost parts of the earth. God has empowered you to be his witness. We're going to spend all of 2019 on how to follow the filling of the Holy Spirit. Matter of fact, we're, we're almost done with the book for 2019. If we do not have revival break out in this fall, this coming January, when we're all on our face, thousands of us every day seeking to be filled with the Holy Spirit, Katie barred the stinking door of what God is going to do in and through our church. So God gives power to believers, what many people are searching for, but the power is so that we will make ripples of God's love, of joy and peace and freedom. Are you with me? So Jesus is giving this incredible vision for their lives, for the entire globe. Man, he's about to go back to heaven. He said, hey, man, you're going to be my witnesses, and you're going to be my, and stop, stop, hold on, stop, 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 stop. Is it this time that you're restoring the kingdom to Israel? I mean, are we about to own up a can of wampum on Rome and get back to be the power struggle, the power center of the world? Is that what the deal is? Yeah, man, see, these guys were missing it, weren't they? Right over their head. He's giving them all this stuff. So Jesus stops in the middle of one through eight, says, quit looking at the clock and the calendar, worrying about when I'm coming back. 
Fix your eyes on people. The only appreciable asset in eternity is people. The only thing you're taking to heaven is people. You're not taking your garden. You're not taking your house, your perfectly manicured yard. You're not taking your gun collection or your boat. You're not taking anything. The only thing we're taking to heaven is people. All of this stuff is cool. It's cool. It's good. It's great. Nothing wrong with it. But listen, our focus ought to be people, giving people a chance to respond to the ripples of love and grace and hope. So we, we, we share the ripples of love so that people will respond. So they'll respond and turn to Jesus. Does that make sense? See, oh, oh, when you drop a rock in the water that makes a ripple, the ripple doesn't stop until it hits something. A boat or the shore, it keeps, it keeps going. So we don't want to stop short. We want to offer people an opportunity to respond, an opportunity to turn the life over to Jesus, an opportunity. In next steps, we talk about the history of Faith Promise, 23 years old. Because a ripple happened 23 years ago this past February that dropped a rock in a ballroom with about 250 people. They said, we, we believe that God wants to tell, us of him, tell them of him. We understand that's our value. We want a new church that can do that kind of stuff because most churches weren't. And then 23 years later in nine, in nine campuses, in multiple counties, in multiple services and online, all around, that ripple is still rolling. Still rolling. So the problem is this, for many of us, the problem that we face most of us, the face is, is the fear of making waves. Well, I can't talk to anybody. I can't. Man, I, 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 I can't. I'm worried about getting people wet. I'm worried about making a splash. What, what, what will people think? I'm not, we're not talking about splashy, flashy. We're talking about talking to people about God. Does this make sense? A ripple goes farther than a, wet, than a, than a splash. And so that's what we do. Believers don't need to make a splash. You know Why? Because 2,000 years ago, Jesus took a high dive out of heaven and landed here, lived perfect, died on a Roman cross and rose from the grave on Easter and created a tsunami, a storm surge of forgiveness that was born on that hill in Jerusalem, went to Judea, Samaria, went to Assyria, all of the Middle East, went to Africa, went to Egypt, and it's crossed every continent and every wave. The gospel is still making ripples, and we are those who receive those ripples. Are you with me? And are born again and are going to heaven. Why? What, what does God want us to do? Just keep remembering the sacrifices. Keep making ripples. Does this make sense? See, if you're, if you're born again, then you're a witness of what Jesus has done. 39 times in the book of Acts alone, the term witness is used. Witness is a legal term. It means to step up to the podium in a court of law and tell what you have seen and what you have heard. Luke says in Luke 24, you're my witnesses of these things. And behold, I'm sending forth the promise of my Father upon you, but you're to stay in the city and you're clothed with power from on high because you're going to need power to fulfill the purpose that I've called you with. When Luke writes this, there's about 500 followers-ish in, in Jerusalem and the surrounding areas. By the end of the first six months, there are 60,000 believers, and the waves are moving north, south, and east, and west. They are literally going to cross the world. There are tens of thousands of followers of Jesus by six months. It's incredible. See, God will take a ripple of a wave and turn it into a wave of mercy and grace and forgiveness and healing and hope. All he's asking for us to do is create a ripple, share. That's all he's asking us to do. God can do a lot with a ripple. Are you with me? 
Be a witness. Make a ripple. Man, when I got saved, none of my family was born again. And, and man, I, you know, I witness a witness a witness. And, and sometimes we want to give up. But in this service, my little brother's here. It took me 33 years to win my little brother, Jesus, sitting right there. Loves God. Go faithful. Man, loves the Lord. Incredible. Don't you give up because the ripples are going to keep washing on to them. Are you with me? Are you with me? The ripples are going to keep rolling. It's our job to keep sharing, to keep talking, to keep moving. So let me wrap it up with some practical ways because I'm already way behind what we do. She said, wait a minute, Pastor. I I don't know enough. I hadn't been to seminary. I hadn't been. I, I, I don't know enough. Listen, fear is what keeps most from just talking about God. We're worried about making waves. No, no. We're matter of fact, we're going to spend four weeks on fear this fall. It's going to be incredible. See, if you're born again, anybody born again in the house, in any of our campuses, all right, then let me give you a little information. The great thing about being a witness is that you are an expert of your own experience. You might not be able to handle a Calvinism versus Arminianism discussion. You may not understand all the fine details and doctrines of eschatology or soteriology. You say, I'm not even sure what those words mean. It doesn't matter. That's what I mean. If you were lost and you got saved and Jesus saved you, you know your story and you know how other people can come to him. It's just that simple. You're an expert of your own experience. They can debate creationism with you, but they cannot debate what you've experienced, what you've seen, what you have heard. Can I tell you about New Testament biblical evangelism? Because they were, man, those groups were getting together every day and they were meeting in the temple and house to house and God was moving and they would just go to work or go to the marketplace. They'd say, you can't believe what happened yesterday. This dead dude got up. This dude fell out of the window three floors because the sermon was boring and Paul raised him from the dead. Hey, there was a dude blind came in and he got, man, he was healed. Hey, you can't believe it. We were taking the offering and a dude gave money a lot and God killed him right there at the altar. And people said, what? See, I, you know what? I, I think we're bored with God instead of being awed by the mysterious, tremendous, the holy God of the universe. Are y'all with me? Come on, our God is worthy. You can't even wrap your brain around God. So that's, that's what they did. You can't believe what happened. Really, I want some of that. You start talking about how good God is and people will want some of that. You go to a good restaurant. Is it, is it, are you, do you have trouble telling people? Well, I went to this restaurant, but... I don't know if you'll like it. I don't know if you'll get mad at me. They say, hey, dude, I ate at Chesapeake's last week. I didn't know they had one in, in West Knoxville. It was incredible. Man, I mean, it was awesome. Oh, really? Yeah, I think I'm going to go there. Does this make sense? You're just at work saying, God, you can't believe what happened. You can't believe what God did in our small group, man. Let me tell you about this prayer God answered. Let me tell you about what God is doing. The problem is we're so distracted with this wicked world, we forget to talk about God. Does this make sense? Hey, listen, get online. Be a believer online. Man, get on your Facebook. Get on your Instagram. Get on, listen. But let me, listen, 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 listen. If you're listening, say I am. If you're going to be a believer online, then get rid of your politics online. Come on. The Bible didn't say if you're a Republican, you get to go to heaven. The Bible said, the Bible doesn't say you must be a Democrat to get to heaven. It said you must be born again. So listen, quit arguing. Don't be stupid online. Get on your Facebook and talk about all the good things God is doing. Talk about the hope, the power of God. Talk about the miracles of God. Talk about your love of God. 
talk about, man, how good God is and I just talk about God and people say, Rick, you mean you are, you're always talking about God. I know, man, he's incredible. Well, I'd like to have some. I'm so glad you asked. Are you with me? Because it says in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, but sanctify Christ Jesus in your hearts and always be ready to make a defense to any, everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that's in you. You ought to be living so differently. You ought to be so positive, so faithful, so hopeful. When everybody else around you is trying to drag you down, you're so hopeful, they want to know about the hope that's in you. But do it with gentleness and reverence. This is not a billy club. This is a love letter. Man, you don't beat people up with the Bible. You love people with the Bible. You, you've, uh, you use the Bible to prove to people that don't think God would ever love them, that he loves them. God demonstrated his love for you and that while he, we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Are you with me? This is so easy. It really, it's easy. Just brag about Jesus. You brag about your grandkids. A few of you brag about your children, not many, but <laughs> when you have grandkids, you'll have something to brag about. Let's just brag about God. But some of you may be like Theo. You may be, you may say, man, I'm not sure, man. I don't know if it's evolution or creation, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Listen, the only thing you need to be sure about is Jesus was born, lived a sinless life, died on the cross, and rose from the grave on Easter, and that he loves you. That's all you have to get. Everything else is going to come. We're going to help you with the rest. But you got you to get a hold of that. And there are people in this room and in all of our campuses that desperately need a touch from God. The first step is inviting him into your heart. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, all of our campuses, just pray this simple prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I know I've sinned. I've blown it. I'm so sorry. Forgive me. Come in my heart. Be my Lord and be my Savior. You died for me. You paid for my sins. I will live for you. I will follow you the rest of my life. I'll be a witness. I'll make ripples in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody just got saved. Let's come on in the house of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Now, if you just gave your heart to the Lord online, you can go to any of our campuses, pull the card out online, click right there. Just take, put your name, email, cell number. If you prayed me and gave your heart to Jesus, check that circle. I'm making a first time decision to follow Jesus or I'm ready to be baptized because that's the next step. If you've not been the next steps, go ahead and fill that out. It happens next week at all of our campuses. It just helps you learn to get more committed. Now, if you are, if, if you're a guest, the only part we ask you to take in this offering is putting in your, your filled out communication card. Matter of fact, we have an offering for you. When you leave, you go through those doors. We have a gift for you. Just go to the, the, ta the tables and somebody's got a box to give you. Just, so just put this in the offering. Put the, everybody else made decisions, put that in. See, we've already talked about our value that we're generous, that faith promise we're generous, are we? Was, we just give to God because he's a giver. Let me show you a picture. This is from a ministry in Nairobi, Kenya, from a church. Pastor Josh was there with Pastor Oscar. He, he spoke there, and uh, they asked him to preach for an hour. He, wasn't, he didn't know he could do that. 
I'm waiting on people to ask me that at Faith Promise. And so this, this little school is in a slum. And, and Josh said, how can we help you? They said, we can't pay our rent. Now, the rent on this little building is $200 a month. And Josh said, hey, listen, we'll pay the rent for the whole next year. What do you have in school supplies? We don't have anything. We're going to buy you school supplies. We get to do those things because every week you faithfully give to God. And we can do more together. Amen? So these are just, the, look at those little kids right there. Thank you so much, Faith Promise Church. We love you. Isn't that awesome? And that's what God said. They'll be shocked. Come on, give him praise. That's incredible. So I'm going to pray for us, and the ushers are going to come forward. Many have already given this week online. That's how Michelle and I give. We just give because we love God. Don't forget guests. Just put the guest cards in. Father, thank you for your incredible generosity, for your ridiculous, scandalous grace and love. Thank you, God, that you'd wipe away our sins. Thank you, God, that you've opened door to heaven that we can be with you. And now, God, we want to make it possible for other people to meet with you. So take this offering and use it around the corner and around the world to make ripples of love. God, we're grateful. Thank you for what you've done. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. come on, give him a shout as we get ready to give.